بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما For the last couple of weeks in our seerah lessons we have been talking about the attempts of the Quraysh to stop the da'wah of the Prophet Muhammad They tried all sorts of ways to stop the spread of Islam. But every time they tried to stop the spread of Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept making Islam stronger and stronger and stronger. So they failed in every attempt to stifle the da'wah of the Prophet Muhammad Last week we spoke about Utbah, Ibn Rabi'ah and we spoke about Al-Walid Ibn Al-Mughirah and we spoke about the way that they tried to stop the people from listening to the da'wah of Islam but their efforts were not successful and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continued to bless the efforts of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and he continued to strengthen the da'wah of Islam so when these techniques of theirs failed, they tried to think in a different direction. They said, okay, everything that we've been trying has been failing, nothing is working. So let us try a different approach. So they came to the Prophet ﷺ with a proposition. Some of the kuffar of the Quraysh, they sat down with the Prophet ﷺ and they came to him with a proposition. They said, okay, let us come to a mutual compromise. We will agree to worship your God one day, but then the next day you have to also worship our gods. One day we will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone as you are telling us to do. But the next day you have to worship Allah and Al-Uzza and the other idols that we worship. So we will compromise on our part but you have to also compromise on your part they came to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam with this ridiculous proposition and of course the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam immediately he rejected this there is no way that tawhid can mix with shirk logically it doesn't even make sense one day you are saying ya allah you are the only one worthy of worship and the next day you're worshiping idols logically it doesn't even make sense but this is how desperate the quraysh had become to try to stop the da'wah of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, that they came to him with such a proposition, with such an offer. And immediately, the Prophet wasallam rejected this. There is no way that truth can mix with falsehood. So they said, okay, okay, okay. We'll make you a better offer. We will worship your God. We will worship Allah alone for one week. But then you have to give us one day. We will all worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone only for one week. But then one day you have to worship our gods as well. And he said, no, of course not. So they said, okay, okay, okay. We will worship your God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone for one month. But then you have to give our gods just one day. They thought that they were making him a very fair offer. 
They thought that they were giving him more than he should even expect. One month we will worship Allah. 30 days we will worship Allah alone. But then one day you have to worship our gods as well. 30 to 1, come on. So they thought that they were giving him a really, really good offer that he couldn't refuse. And he said no. Then finally they said, okay, now we have the best offer for you. You've got to accept this one. We will worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. We will worship your God alone for one year completely. And in return for that, you only have to worship our gods for one day. We will worship Allah alone for one year and you just have to agree to worship our gods for one day. And the Prophet ﷺ said, La, no. He rejected all of these offers because there is no way that Tawheed can ever mix with shirk. It just doesn't make sense and it cannot happen. So they tried step by step, one day to one day, then one week to one day, then one month to one day, and then finally one year to one day. And they thought they were giving the Prophet ﷺ a great offer here, but he immediately refused it. Because there is no way that the beauty of Tawheed and worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone can ever mix with the evil of shirk and associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Surah Al-Kafirun. قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ وَلِيَ دِينُ This was the situation regarding which Surah Al-Kafirun was revealed. Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O you disbelievers, لا أعبد ما تعبدون I do not worship that which you worship. I do not worship that which you worship. I don't worship your idols. I don't worship those who you associate with Allah. وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ And you are not going to worship whom I worship. I worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. وَلَا أَنَا عَابِدٌ مَا عَبَدْتُمْ And I am not going to worship that which you worship. وَلَا أَنْتُمْ عَابِدُونَ مَا أَعْبُدُ And you are not going to worship what I worship. لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ وَلْيَدِينُ You have your religion, I have my religion. There is no compromise in this type of an issue. You cannot compromise your religion. You cannot step down on your principles, on your foundations to try to get a few more people to come to your support or to come on your side. And this is actually very relevant because this is a problem that some Muslim activists in America have today. They are willing to set aside or compromise on some of the essential elements of Islam in order to gain support and sympathy from the non-Muslims. They are willing actually to sometimes even deny some verses of the Quran and say, okay, we're not going to practice those verses of the Quran because that makes people upset. That makes people say bad stuff about us. So we'll leave that aside so that we can get more support from the kuffar. This actually happens. For example, the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding the inheritance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِلذَّكَرِ مِثْلُ حَظِّ الْأُنْثَيَيْنِ 
when the inheritance is being distributed, let's say a person has sons and daughters, right? The sons will get twice the portion of the daughters in terms of the inheritance. And this is the ruling of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is a lot of hikmah and wisdom and reasoning behind this. And we don't need to get into that right now. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that in this type of a situation, the male will receive double the amount of the female. Now, some of the people who call themselves Muslims, they see that certain groups and certain organizations don't like that rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can a man get double the portion of a woman? What about equal rights? What about this? What about that? So some Muslims, in order to gain the support of these organizations, they will say that, yeah, that was for that time. Now things have changed and now it's fine. Men and women can get an equal inheritance. So they are willing to actually reject a verse of the Quran in order to please the people and to get more support from the non-Muslims. This is something that is absolutely impermissible. And the Prophet ﷺ showed us the best example. When they tried to make these type of offers to him to compromise his religion, he rejected all of them outright. And this should be our example. This should be our way as well. When we follow the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't have to fear anyone. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be with us. Even if the whole world is against us, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us, He will protect us and He will keep us safe. And no harm can come to us while we are under the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's never any need to compromise your religion. Never compromise the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Never compromise the fundamentals of this deen. Keep firm in your steadfastness to the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did when he was being propositioned in such a way to compromise on his religion. So this didn't work either. The attempts of the Quraysh to try to compromise with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that didn't work either. So they thought, okay, what's the next step? What should we do now? They keep trying and trying and trying, failing and failing and failing. The next step was mockery. They decided, okay, we will mock Allah and we will mock the religion of Muhammad So they started mocking and making fun of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's unbelievable, it's, it's ludicrous that they used to do this type of a thing. It's crazy how they would mock Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they themselves believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. It's not that they didn't believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was their creator. They believed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was their creator. But they associated partners with him as well. If you were to ask them who created them, you go to these kuffar of the Quraysh and ask them who created you, what would their answer be? They would say Allah. They believed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was their creator. But they also associated partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by worshipping idols. So these people, even though they had this belief that Allah was their creator, they still decided to mock Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make fun of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How does this make any sense? But this was their desperation to stop the da'wah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
So the way they mocked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they came to the Prophet sallallahu And they said to him, this God of yours that you want us to worship, what is he made out of? Is he made out of gold? Or is he made out of silver? Or is he made out of topaz or ruby? They asked these type of questions to the Prophet ﷺ to mock Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to make a mockery of the religion of Islam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed, describing himself, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ اللَّهُ الصَّمَدْ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say he is Allah the one Allahu samad Allah the one whom all creation is dependent upon nothing can exist without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nothing can sustain itself without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Everything in creation is dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu samad. Lam yalid wa lam yulad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not beget, nor was he begotten. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no children, has no children, and he is not the child of anyone. Wa lam yakullahu kufuwan ahad. And there is nothing comparable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these kuffar of the Quraysh, they tried to mock Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah answered them describing who he was. And that everything in existence is dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even these people who are mocking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for every breath that they take. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described himself with this beautiful surah of the Quran, Surah Al-Ikhlas. So they try to insult Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they also try to insult the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well. They try to insult the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as well. These leaders of the kuffar of the Quraysh, Al-As ibn Wa'il, Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt, Abu Jahl, Abu Lahab, they were all involved in trying to make fun of the Prophet and trying to mock him. Al-As ibn Wa'il and we spoke about Al-As ibn Wa'il a few sessions ago. It was he who refused to pay the Yemeni man and then the Hilf al-Fudul was formed and they forced him to pay that Yemeni man if you remember that from a few weeks ago. Al-As ibn Wa'il, the same kafir. When anyone would speak about the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam when the name of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam would be mentioned in his presence what would he say he would say da'uhu da'uhu fa inma huwa abtar la aqiba lahu law halaka lan qata'a dhikruh to mock the Prophet Al-As ibn Wa'il, whenever he would hear the Prophet being mentioned, he would say, leave him, don't talk about this man. Because he is a man who is cut off. He called the Prophet Abtar, someone who is cut off. And the reason why he called the Prophet Abtar 
his reasoning was that the Prophet ﷺ only had daughters. He had sons as well, but all of those sons died when, he, when they were young. And the only surviving children that he had, the children who survived into adulthood, they were daughters. So Al-As ibn Wa'il said, this man, Muhammad ﷺ, he is someone who is cut off. He has no male children. So if he dies, then his name will not be continued. If he dies, his name will not be continued and he will be forgotten. So why do you even need to talk about this guy? Astaghfirullah. This was the way that Al-As ibn Wa'il spoke about the Prophet Muhammad Very insulting words. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed another beautiful surah of the Quran regarding this incident. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying Surely we have given you al-kawthar and al-kawthar is a fountain of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Jannah. So pray to your Lord and sacrifice to your Lord alone. The one who insults you is Abtar. The one who insults you is the one who is going to be cut off. Now who is remembered in the most beautiful way? The Prophet Muhammad is remembered all over the world from people in all parts of the land. Whenever his name is mentioned, the people say, Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He is not abtar, he is not cut off. Rather, his remembrance is there. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has raised his status and he has raised his remembrance. And we have raised for you your remembrance. So this was the way Al-As ibn Wa'il tried to insult the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam because he didn't have sons that grew up to adulthood. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave these words regarding Al-As ibn Wa'il. That the one who insults the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Al-As ibn Wa'il in particular, and anyone who follows his example in general, the one who insults the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this person is the person who will be cut off from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they tried to mock Allah, they tried to mock the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself was responding and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always victorious in whatever he does so this is the extent that it came to this is the extent that the Quraysh had of enmity for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Abu Jahl as we have mentioned him before he was perhaps the worst amongst them he was perhaps the biggest enemy of Islam. And he is known as the Fir'aun of this Ummah. Abu Jahl, Amr ibn Hisham, is known as the Fir'aun of this Ummah. So Abu Jahl, he was very active in trying to mock the Prophet ﷺ, insult the Prophet ﷺ, 
and do anything that he could to stop the da'wah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So one day, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was praying at the Kaaba. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam didn't fear any of the people. He publicly was praying at the Kaaba. So Abu Jahl came to him and he said to him, you're not allowed to pray here anymore. If you want to pray, go to your home and pray. You're not allowed to pray at the Kaaba anymore. The Prophet ﷺ remained patient. He didn't say anything. The next day, the Prophet ﷺ came back and he prayed at the Kaaba again, calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Abu Jahl saw him. And Abu Jahl came to him and said, Alam anhaka an hatha. Didn't I forbid you to do this? Look at the audacity of this shaitan, of this evil man. He said to the Prophet ﷺ, Didn't I forbid you from doing this? Like he is someone who has authority to say who and who can't worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at his house. But this was the audacity of this evil man. He said to the Prophet ﷺ, and the Prophet ﷺ responded to him. And then after that, he left. The next day, the Prophet ﷺ, again he prayed at the Kaaba. And Abu Jahl said, Look, if you're going to continue to do this after I have forbidden you from doing this, then we're going to have a big problem. And the Prophet ﷺ spoke to him in a harsh way as well, reminding him that he has no right to stop someone from pay, praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Abu Jahl was surprised that the Prophet ﷺ actually spoke back to him. And he said, are you threatening me? You think that you can threaten me? He said, Abu Jahl said that you know that I have the biggest group of people with me. I have the biggest majlis. The people who support me, the people who sit with me, it's the biggest group, bigger than any of your groups. You think you can threaten me? If you try to threaten me, I will call all of them and bring them against you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed regarding this some ayat from Surah Al-Alaq regarding this incident or these incidents between Abu Jahl and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So after that third incident, Abu Jahl, he was so angry. He was so angry. And he went back to his people and he said, you know, next time if I ever see Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam praying at the Kaaba, I will take a big rock and I will crush his head with it while he is in sujood. This was the extent of the hatred that Abu Jahl had for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed regarding these incidents between Abu Jahl and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Kalla inna al-insana layatgha arra'ahu stagna inna ila rabbika ruj'a Surely man transgresses the bounds in evil. And he's talking about Abu Jahl. He sees himself as self-sufficient. 
He sees himself as he doesn't need Allah. But, إِنَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ الرُّجْعَ Surely to your Lord is the return. He will return to Allah as everyone will return to Allah. أَرَأَيْتَ الَّذِي يَنْهَا عَبْدًا إِذَا Did you see the person who tried to forbid the slave of Allah from praying? This is regarding Abu Jahl trying to prohibit the Prophet Muhammad from praying at the house of Allah. Did you see the one who tried to forbid the slave of Allah from praying? أَرَأَيْتَ إِنْ كَانَ عَلَى الْهُدَىٰ أَوْ أَمَرَ بِالتَّقْوَىٰ Do you not see perhaps Muhammad is on the right path or he is calling people to piety? Does Abu Jahl not see this? How can he prevent a man from praying when this man is on the right path and this man is calling to goodness and you are trying to prevent him from doing this? And here it's talking about Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl rejected and he denied the truth of the Quran. And he turned away from the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Does he not know? Does Abu Jahl not know that Allah sees what he is doing? If Abu Jahl doesn't stop this, doesn't stop what he's doing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take him by his forelock, by the front of his head. A forelock that is a lying forelock and a sinning forelock. Abu Jahl was a liar and a sinner. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is challenging Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that I have the biggest majlis, I have the biggest group of supporters. You think you can threaten me? You think you can say anything to me? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is challenging him. Let him call his people. Let him call them. See what happens. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, we will call the angels of Jahannam to take care of him. The angels that are responsible for Jahannam. The guarding angels of Jahannam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that he will call them against Abu Jahl. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Kalla la tuti'ahu wasjud Never obey what Abu Jahl is telling you to do. Continue to make sujood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, continue to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and continue to draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this was the re reason behind the revelation of the latter part of Surah Al-Alaq. And we spoke about Surah Al-Alaq, the first five verses. اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم these first five ayat of Surah Al-Alaq were the first verses of the Qur'an that were revealed to the Prophet Muhammad in the cave of Hira. And the rest of the Surah was revealed regarding this incident or these incidents with Abu Jahl. So Abu Jahl, he was very angry 
and he said that he's next time if he sees the Prophet ﷺ praying there at the Kaaba, he's going to get a big stone and he's going to crush his head with it. And he said to his people, he said to the Quraysh, if you want to support me, support me. And even if you don't support me, I don't care. I will still do it anyways. And if the family of Abdul Muttalib wants to take revenge and kill me, okay, let them kill me. Either you support me or you don't support me, I'm going to do this. So they said to him, okay, if you're going to do it, we will support you. We will, we will be with you. We'll be on your side. So he made up his mind that next time if he sees the Prophet ﷺ praying at the Kaaba, he would take a big stone and crush his head with it. So inevitably the day came, he saw the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ again praying at the Kaaba. And when the Prophet ﷺ was in sujood, Abu Jahl came. He was coming towards him with a huge stone. And it has been narrated that that stone was so big that Abu Jahl had trouble carrying it. And it was even hard for him to walk with that stone. That's how heavy it was. That's how big it was. And he wanted to take that stone and crush the head of the Prophet ﷺ while he was in sujood. Imagine the evil of Abu Jahl. This was the Fir'aun of this Ummah. Allahumma sta'an. So he had that intention and his buddies from the Quraysh are watching him, egging him on, waiting for him to go and do this evil deed. So he goes with that stone and he tries to approach the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu when suddenly his face changes and he drops the stone and he runs away. He runs in the opposite direction and he runs to his house. And the people of the Quraysh are noticing this. What's going on? He was just going to go with the big stone. Suddenly he drops the stone and he runs away and runs to his house and closes the door. So these kuffar of the Quraysh, they're surprised. What happened? So they went and they knocked his door. And when he opened the door, they asked him, what happened? Weren't you going to go and crush his head? Why did you suddenly just drop the stone and run back to your house? And then he said to them, didn't you see? Didn't you see? He said, I saw a ditch of fire a ditch of fire and I saw many wings around that ditch and if I were to draw any closer I know that I would have been consumed and I know I would have been killed so I dropped that I dropped that stone and I ran away and these people of the Quraysh they didn't see what he was talking about but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made sure that he protected his Prophet ﷺ from this. And what Abu Jahl saw, he saw the wings of those angels who are the guards of Jahannam. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to him, Let Abu Jahl call his people. We will call against him the guard angels of Jahannam. So these wings that Abu Jahl saw around that fire, those were the wings of those guard angels of Jahannam. And they tear. Abu Jahl, they terrified Abu Jahl so much that he ran away. And this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So no matter what they tried, no matter which angle they tried to stop Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his da'wah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused them to fail each and every time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained that he and his messengers will always be victorious. Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most strong and the most mighty. Next week, inshallah, we will talk about 
Abu Jahl again trying to mock the Prophet and how that actually led to the conversion of Hamza ibn Abdul Muttalib to Al Islam. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.